0: I feel that we have this imp- moral imperative uh, from a business standpoint to preserve our markets. And so you know, as realtors, we are advisors. So we explain to our developers, we explain to our buyers, we explain to our sellers how to transact in a way that is most profitable for them and how the code of ethics really demands that we understand the products we sell and that would do a better job of representing these products.
1: Hello, this is Izumi Tanaka. I am a green realtor and host of this podcast, Home Green Homes. My guest today is Wayne Beals. He's a managing broker at Beals Group of Exit Strategy and fellow green realtor in Chicago. He has been selling real estate in Chicago for quite some time working with developers to build sustainably designed and built homes in the low to moderate income neighborhoods. He shares his experience of selling these high performing homes and how he achieves a competitive advantage for his client developers as well as for himself as a listing agent. I hope you enjoy this enlivened conversation I had with Wayne. And Wayne, I thank you so much for uh, being here today. I, I appreciate your time and and your presence. Um, so I'm going to start. go ahead and start. And I first like to ask you what your background is and how you ended up in b- real estate business and how long ago it has been.
0: Well, uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be on your program. And it's great to see you again. Uh, it was good to see you and your husband at the uh, sustainability mm-hmm. conference in Austin last year. Um, so my business, uh, I you know, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I grew up in an old house, and I probably watched too much "This Old House" in the eighties, <laughs> right? And um, I lived in an old house with problems. And my my dad was uh, in the merchant marine, so he spent about nine months a year out at sea. Wow. And was a, a filipina lady who was kind of new to chicago right so and she didn't know how to fix an old house mm-hmm. and so i had to learn how to fix our house and so i really learned how to plaster and just kind of do minor repairs and things from watching this old house and as i grew up uh, i had just an incredible appreciation for our buildings and our houses and i went to college and i, I studied sports medicine and i you know, I I just kept coming back to real estate as as mm-hmm. something I wanted to do, and communities and house and what a house means to a family, and and so for me, uh, construction really revolves around the residential aspects of it, mm-hmm. um, and because I, I came at it uh, from old houses, I always felt like houses needed to be better, mm-hmm. you know, and. We needed to understand them better and we needed to build them better because whenever it broke, it was something that was not right to begin with, you know, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: maybe something that was uh, repaired incorrectly or not repaired as best as it could have been. And so um, when you learn from mistakes in construction, uh, you start to understand that there is actually a right way to do things. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how my career evolved Mm -hmm. uh, that point. I became a realtor in 2003 mm-hmm. um, at the time. I was also a licensed general contractor in oh, wow. um, around 2006. I uh, did a geothermal uh, renovation with uh, a client that I thought was a really uh, great client to have. And the recession hit and <laughs> just kind of went sideways for everybody. And so we kind of started over, mm-hmm. uh, And, uh, right around 2013, one of my good friends, another developer, I was still a real estate broker at that time, Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to build zero energy houses. And from that point on, uh, we've just had a lot of fun ever since.
1: Mm. So that's, is that the kind of like, it sounds like you already had a really good sensitivities about how we occupied space and things like that. But was that your sort of a entry into sustainability space? how um, did you ended up in that uh, that's 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 what i'm uh, really always curious about
0: so, so i got there um so I, you know climate change is a concern of mine for mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a small concern but it's a, it's a pretty large concern mm-hmm. uh, but i would say what drove me here was not that it what drove mm. me here was uh the poverty that i saw around energy cost mm. I mean, look at uh, the chicagoland marketplace um, if you live in an older, less maintained home, mm-hmm. chances are you live in that house because you have less money and you can't afford a newer, more maintained home. And the consequence of living in that home is you spend more of your income on the fuel to keep that home warm in the summer. Uh, and most of those homes don't have air conditioning and you know mm-hmm. we're in a warming climate, so our summers are very hot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so there's starting to be real community impacts uh, around having real estate that isn't resilient for the current climate. Right. And, and, and the poverty that comes with that mm. uh, is sort of what drove me to, to try to be to, to build more efficient buildings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So now I know that you are in development um, while you were also a licensed agent and broker. Um, are you doing more development currently or um, is that your focus?
0: So, uh, Personally, uh, I limit what I do to sort of my personal assets. Like we have a, we have a place in Michigan, which is wonderful mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. stay, we've renovated. We have our own house that we've built. Uh, I haven't gotten back into development since, uh, like personally mm-hmm. since about 2006. I see. I do have lots of clients that are developers now. I see. Some that I'm very close to and, and, mm-hmm. and that I partners with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I have young kids right now. So ri- development comes with risk. You know, when you, see, yes, you're investing money in real estate, uh, you have to be able to afford the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at this point, given where my three kids are in life, I choose to be a father and not be concerned about those things. I, understand. Uh, but I, think, I think as soon as they grow up, I can't wait to get my own buildings in the
1: yeah but what i'm seeing from your post on linkedin is that you have quite a few projects that have been working on that are all um we're gonna call it just for the uh, sake of you know simplicity of the conversation that you are working with developers who are building green
0: buildings correct that's right that's right i've become a specialist mm-hmm. uh, in all electric buildings here in the midwest um mm. uh, what that means is um the developers I work with uh, mm-hmm. no longer bring gas lines to their buildings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel that that is a moral imperative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first thing you do when you're standing in a ditch is you stop digging is the old adage, right? And <laughs> you know, putting in gas lines in new construction homes to me is the opposite of progress. So we're, we're just making the problem worse. We're adding another mm. carbon fuel building. Mm. I feel very strongly that we need to move to um, cleaner housing, uh, clean energy housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and electricity is a fuel that we can make using renewable and nuclear sources, which mm-hmm. uh, don't contribute to global warming. Mm-hmm. And in our region here in the Chicago land market, most of the energy we use is very clean from mm. nuclear or from wind power or solar mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. And if you switch from a gas powered car to an electric car here, you've yeah. solved your carbon contribution problem. If you switch from gas cooking to electric cooking here, you've solved your carbon problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you switch from a furnace gas furnace to a heat pump here,
2: mm-hmm. you've
0: solved your carbon problem.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: I feel very strongly that electrification for us here in our region is really the key. Mm-hmm. Um, other regions are looking at ways to make their grids less dirty, mm-hmm. so that they can use electrification as a way of reducing their carbon footprint.
1: Right now, I'm very curious about how you got th- got there. Like to have a number of uh, clients who are developers and who are willing to do that. Was that was that difficult for you to 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 convince yeah. those developers, or were they already willing?
0: No, so the first one was very willing. Mm-hmm. like we led the charge i mm-hmm. was actually a little concerned uh on our first project that i was, say you know i was sort of slightly nudging for mm-hmm. hey, maybe we should put a gas line in so we can have gas stoves mm-hmm. this is 2015 before any of this yeah. research came out right uh, because i was a little concerned about the marketability of the product you know, right. you know your developer client who's taking a huge risk building a home on spec
2: mm-hmm.
0: not sell that home yeah right and, and at that time I was not yet familiar with induction cooking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so, you know, when the first home was built, I was amazed. It was, it was a zero degree day in February and I was standing in a warm and toasty brand new home in Chicago that was heated with a heat pump uh-huh. and had induction range. And, you know, I, I think my eyes opened quite a bit that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from that point on, I one, I didn't ever doubt that builder again, right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. that guy under but there he understood certainly more than I did yeah the building uh, and I had a lot to learn from him. Uh, and number two, uh that this is what we should be doing. if we can do this, we should do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was sort of the beginning of the end of my gas powered business. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So how did you go from there to having multiple developer clients who are willing to do the yeah.
0: same building I mean, practice? Some people kind of they're inspired by what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they see that and they they feel that they need to copy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have enough all electric builders yet, but I'm still mm-hmm. working talking mm-hmm. with lots of developers around the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two others that are that are really in that space mm-hmm. uh, they're early adopters i would call them uh, yeah. they're ahead of the curve uh one of the benefits of being an early adopter is there is a learning curve to learning how to build this way um yeah. it, and, and as you know it's all in the design phase right mm-hmm. if you plan the project right the right. cost is not significantly higher yeah and the outcome is significantly better yeah so I encourage my developers to put more time into the design phase and let's consider energy in the design phase. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I found that to be a way to kind of nudge them forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the honest truth is a lot of them are responding to the competitive environment. Mm -hmm. You know, if this one builder who I started working with in 2015, he has built 50 houses now in, in one neighborhood. Wow. If you come into that neighborhood with a non high performance building Mm-hmm. Hitting against him. Mm-hmm. He has disrupted your business because yeah. when you come to see my building, mm-hmm. I teach you all about why you want this building. And we talk about the benefits of a mm-hmm. heat pump, mm-hmm. the benefits of induction cooking, and the benefits of an ERV and the mm-hmm. of an airtight building. And then you go to the next new construction building two blocks away and you ask that realtor, Hey, is this building air sealed? And they don't know what you're talking about you're going to have a hard time selling that other building right so we felt that it's been um it's been very effective at disrupting the way Mm -hmm. other builders uh approach their business
1: yeah now i'm i'm so glad that you mentioned that like the comparison with your other realtors like because my my other question i had on my list was you know what is our role as a realtor you know and especially as a you know we as we call ourselves sustainability specialists or green realtors um, and my question was what is our role in this and how how um how as how is the receptivity in the market like when buyers come in and when you talk about those benefits i mean do they come in because they know that this home like that you you have are have all these features energy efficiency features and you know we call green features how what is your experience in um talking to the buyers or even other agents what is do you get any feedback or any pushback
0: um yeah you know it depends uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say that um if i were to put a number on it, about 30 percent of mm-hmm. the showings i do mm-hmm. are that have done extensive research into our product and have become enthusiastic about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And really want a um, a a better built house. Mm-hmm. Right? They want a mm-hmm. house. They don't want to buy a brand new 1987 Ford Taurus. They want <laughs> to buy a brand new Tesla, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, those buyers are very easy to sell. Right, because you don't have to
1: even sell. Right, you don't have to right. convince. We're
0: sort anybody. of an monopoly. Right? Yeah. like there's not yeah. a lot of people doing this yet, mm-hmm. and and so we don't have a lot of competition. And and once somebody has identified us as uh, the benefits that we give them from a health perspective, from a, a quieter mm-hmm. interior, healthier air mm-hmm. quality, mm-hmm. more comfort, lower utility, all right. these benefits. Right. Once you have decided that's what you want, yeah, then you're going to buy that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so. What i would say to other builders out there is that if you want a competitive advantage this is it right yeah. this this is, this is a way you could put all those other builders out of business right right um, unless they fi- unless they maybe learn this ahead of you and do this first <laughs> oh so so i tell people being an early adopter yeah. is critical in this space because it's about to get very competitive right the uh 70% of our buyers uh, fall into a couple different categories. Mm-hmm. I would say half of those um, know nothing about construction,
2: mm-hmm. know
0: nothing about build quality. Um, they're, they like our tile finishes, they, <laughs> like the kitchen, they like our countertops, they like our location, right. like the unit layout, yeah. something about the building they like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's my job at that point to really educate them on our product. I would say most people, nine out of 10, are very receptive to that education because they, they can't find it anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So when a realtor is willing to explain to them mm-hmm. why you should want an ERV and why mm-hmm. buildings should be airtight and mm-hmm. why heat pumps are better than furnaces, induction mm-hmm. cooking is better than gas cooking, mm-hmm. if are actually able to demonstrate that for them,
2: right. they respond positively. Yeah.
0: The other half are people who maybe are not concerned at all about sustainability right so they're you know this is the minority this is maybe 30 40 percent of the market uh, and they are not hearing you know climate change as Mm -hmm. some stuff uh but what they do respond to is comfort and what Uh they respond to is quality right and and Mm -hmm. resilience Mm -hmm. you know i tell somebody look a uh polar vortex comes into chicago <laughs> this house can actually keep you comfortable yeah right? yeah uh, when we have a heat wave in chicago this house can keep you comfortable mm-hmm. um, if your kids have allergies mm-hmm. erv and airtight construction so they're going to sleep in a building with less pollen mm-hmm. right so can explain the benefits on a health level to a person mm-hmm. who maybe isn't as politically aligned with you
2: mm-hmm. they
0: want the house too so
1: that's a challenge right that's the that that's last the group thing. is the challenge
0: that's the <laughs> and, I, and i have found that we have had a couple of those buyers, mm-hmm. buyers um which is interesting it'd be like uh a pickup truck driver who rolls <laughs> oh you know with like the big smoke coming out of the tailpipe it'd be like that person walking into a tesla dealership and driving <laughs> all right <the> <laughs> so, so it's uh you know, I, I, I'm very proud of the fact that we've successfully converted some people, mm, right. um, but, but I don't think that we've done anything necessarily different outside of explain to them mm-hmm. the benefits mm-hmm. of this building. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right. Do you certify those properties that,
0: are? Uh, um, yes, ab- absolutely. So we, um, so let's talk a little bit about certification. There's a lot of different certifications out right? there.
2: There's, mm-hmm.
0: House, there's LEED, um, we were doing LEED for a long time, LEED for mm-hmm. homes. Yeah. The buildings we were doing were platinum rated. Oh, wow. Um, and and we, you know, LEED is good. Um, it, I would say it's more for us anyway. Mm-hmm. If, you know, it felt more scaled for the commercial markets.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and we felt like there was a lot of administrative work. Yes,
2: yes. Process. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we didn't change anything about our design, but now we do uh, Department of Energy 0H.
2: Mm-hmm
0: we have found to be less administratively challenging. Right. You still have the benefits of a third-party rater. You still have right. a blower test. Right. Um, so you don't know what a blower test is, is when they verify the airtightness of your building. Right. uh uh-huh. yep. Um, and the reason we do certification is twofold. One, to prove to the consumer right. that this building performs as we say it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Number two, uh, to give us an assurance that we've built it to the standards that our subcontractors are following. Right, right. Um, And then actually, let me make that three. Uh, The third is the incentives.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Our utility has a huge rebate for builders, Mm -hmm. $5,000 per unit. Mm -hmm. Uh, We only qualify for that with a third party certification. Yeah. And then their class 45L federal tax credit, which is another Mm -hmm. $5,000, right? Mm -hmm. Also requires certification. Um, and then um, if you want to get any of the inflation reduction act credits those are going to require certification Mm -hmm. so a lot of the cost offsetting of building this way versus a gas building those incentives Mm -hmm. yeah
1: now do you do you find that that uh, gives you a premium in value when you put the properties on the market
0: that is a complicated question um (laughs) so i would say uh, the markets we operate in are uh, low to moderate income markets. Mm-hmm. So when the market only, because it's an affordable market, um, mm-hmm. the market doesn't overpay. I see. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you go to a, a higher end market, there will mm-hmm. be a bar for something that's limited in supply.
2: Mm-hmm. And it would
0: price up. So I think if we built this house in a high income community, I honestly think we would sell for a lot more than your average house in that community mm, i see so scarce resource and those people have the capacity to pay more
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: in our market area uh, we are doing urban infill so we're mm-hmm. f- filling in houses that were torn down mm-hmm. um, from um, you know, urban renewal programs mm-hmm. Or-
2: mm-hmm. So
0: we're poorly informed decisions by local governments to tear down buildings right. uh, replacing those buildings. Uh, with new ones. Mm-hmm. And those communities are still in recovery from those urban renewal programs. So mm-hmm. uh, we do sell for a little bit more than our competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say the reason this is a complicated answer mm-hmm. is because our MLS does not have green fields. So when an appraiser comes in, most of our buyers obviously need financing. Yeah. So when an appraiser comes in, to value the home they don't necessarily uh i have to hand them the green energy efficiency addendum i have to hand them all those details mm-hmm. the mls to do their data and their research yeah. it's not parsed out for them so the problem i run into is this uh problem of coattailing so i don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of it, where another developer comes and builds a gas powered house right behind us that mm-hmm. tries to sell for the same price as us without all the green features. Yeah. And that annoys me.
1: Right. Oh, and my it's God. Really
0: funny because as a realtor, it makes my job easier, right? Yeah. Now I, and I can actually build off that comp on the next deal and I can say, hey, well, this house sold for $600. Yeah. And it had none of these features, so I'm now yeah. worth $620. <laughs> I think there's an ethics problem there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I follow the code of ethics very strongly, Yeah, uh, transparently help my clients and appraisers and everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Um, what I don't tolerate, though, is bad appraisals. So if you mm. don't want to value
1: right.
0: features, we are going to have a discussion with the underwriter <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes oh my god i didn't realize that your mls doesn't have the green feature that's a whole can of warm to discuss
2: but
0: no so we yeah. have a i did this uh, spreadsheet called a tale of two buildings for mm. we have a nonprofit that helps us with some of these climate policy efforts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. mred who's our local mls here not to anybody from mred is listening to this program <laughs> Which <laughs> green fields. Uh, we, fields. Uh, we had some proposed fields uh-huh. for MRED. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I did is I went through and I took a gas powered comp that had coattailed us,
2: mm-hmm.
0: our building, which were built literally two doors away from each other. They're the yeah. same.
2: Building. Oh my
0: God. With fiberglass insulation, ours with engineered cellulose and foam, one with a gas powered furnace, ours with a heat pump, one with a gas range, ours with induction ranges, You know, you get the picture. Yeah. No ERV and no air sealing, one air type with an ERV. And and I made all the adjustments based Mm -hmm. on a cost basis. Yeah. And I showed the two comps and they closed for the same price. Mm. And and I sent I sent it to Mred because I said, look, this is the damage that's happening from not having these fields. We need these fields because we need to help consumers protect themselves trying to get too much money for their places
1: yeah wow amazing i mean i my mls has a greenfield maybe a dozen or so different items uh, that you can fill out but you can't search by it Mm. i mean what what use is that right I know. I mean, this is just to say that, you know, we have a long way to go with all the MLS around the country to, to, you know, have the green fields and be able to, you know, agents or even buyers can search by the green field that that would be that would be a next, like, you know, goal that that all of us should be aiming for. But what is your personal vision for for us being in this real estate field? as a green realtor, as a sustainability specialist, what do you think is our job from this point on? what is our uh, yeah, we have so, to do?
0: So I, I view, uh, you know, when you're in business, you have a few things, right? Like your mm-hmm. business, obviously. Um,
2: yeah,
0: so you want to make income, you want to make money. You want to be profitable. Uh, but but we also have moral imperatives,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, I am very, very strongly convinced that um, in order it, it, let's just look at the business interest, right? In mm-hmm. order for us to have a functional marketplace of housing in 10 to 15 years, we really need to start considering sustainability in our business practice. Yeah. Because if we're producing products that are going to, or that are obsolete already, like when you build a gas powered home, it is already obsolete. Yeah. You exactly. just don't know it. yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is, It's an obsolete house. Um, the fact that we still allow that to happen is, um I would say dangerous to our real estate economy, and, and is only creating more problems for the future. It's, yeah. it's literally creating a, a brand new building that's going to have to be renovated again in ten years. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I feel that we have this imp- moral imperative, uh, from a business standpoint, to preserve our markets. And so, you know, as realtors, we are advisors. So we explain to our developers, we explain to our buyers, we explain to our sellers how to transact in a way that is most profitable for them. Mm -hmm. We give them the advice, whether they take our advice or not is different, but Mm -hmm. we we owe them that advice. Uh, I loved, if you remember Craig's presentation at the sustainability summit we Mm -hmm. went to, where he really brought this home into the code of ethics, right? I feel um, like Craig Foley is a-, is mm-hmm. a From yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and here in our industry in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, he really did this fantastic presentation on how the code of ethics really demands that we understand the products we sell right. and that we do a better job of representing these products. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like after seeing that, I was very inspired that uh, somebody else shares this idea that we have a moral imperative to our clients Mm -hmm. to let them know, hey, Mr. Seller, if you wanna improve the value of your home and improve the marketability of your home, not only are we gonna talk about the staging and making sure it's clean and making sure you have good lighting and making sure your doorknobs all match or whatever. (laughs) um, We wanna talk to you about the energy characteristics of your home and how those characteristics make your home appeal more to the buyer. Mm-hmm. And when we work with developers we certainly have to do that those people are in the middle of investing in the building if we don't tell them about this opportunity what kind of service are we doing them
2: Right.
0: Um, and then on the other side on the buyer side you know i want my buyers to understand what they're buying if you're buying an obsolete house i want you to know that you are mm-hmm. buying an obsolete house just so mm-hmm. you know yeah and you know at least they're doing something in an informed manner and mm-hmm. so five ten years from now when it comes time to change out that furnace for a heat pump at least it wasn't a surprise to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was something that they understood as wow, well. you know, when you yeah. had mentioned this during the process that this yeah. furnace is already obsolete, but I didn't fully understand that, but now I get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I feel that um we have this moral imperative to to do this as part of our business. Um, I think a lot of realtors have chosen, um, at least for the time being, uh, to not necessarily focus on it. And I I I don't think they fully understand the consequences of that yet. So so I'm hoping that the industry wakes up and says, hey, building science is very important. We must understand the properties we sell, not just on a location level or school district level or economic level, Mm -hmm. just a physical build quality level. Yeah,
1: I, I share that sentiment with you. And I'm really inspired by all the work you're doing, and and I I'm really appreciative of the fact that you're developing in the low to moderate income area to provide good sustainable homes, and you know that provides the health and comfort and you know uh, efficiency. Um, that's not that's not you know what most real estate agents usually pursue, you know, and so you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the underdog at my office I, I i honestly like thank you for for saying that i mean i think the the thing i'll point out is that if we can do it
2: mm-hmm. in a
0: lower, moderate income climate mm-hmm. then buildings new construction typically happens not in that space yeah and so in in the higher income world in luxury world i honestly don't know why the consumer doesn't demand our house at that point. Right. So, so we are um, pushing the education level. One of the strategies we have is to educate consumers
2: Mm
0: on building science. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great source of buyers for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you want to buy a new construction house, Wayne will explain to you what's important about buying what to look for in a new construction house. Um, And that. Um, to me, it gives me a competitive advantage as a broker. Sure. And it forces the market to start to hear this. You know, yeah. when i yeah. comes into your million dollar house and here's the listing agent goes back to the client and says, You know, they asked if you had a heat pump. They're both looking at what's a heat pump? <laughs> well, at least we started the conversation, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. They still end up buying that house, right? Yeah. And when the furnace dies, replacing it with a heat right. pump. Yeah. But at least we introduce that to the conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Wayne. I have so many things that I want to talk to you about, but I think my time is uh running out. So I want to thank you so much for being here today, and uh, I look forward to staying in touch and keep learning from you, Wayne. Well,
0: oh, well, I thank you for your time today. This was a lot of fun, <laughs> uh, and it certainly, if you guys find yourself in Chicago, hanging out, visiting. Oh, family, uh, I.
1: Oh, can, count on me. I'm coming.
0: <laughs> we have the uh, uh, HVAC, uh, a national HVAC convention here. Oh,
2: uh, oh so really?
0: I, I okay. have some folks from uh, LG coming to one of our developments from from from, uh, from the mother corporation. right? coming uh-huh. to see a building. Oh, looks like, oh that's like, great. And Chicago, this is the eve of Cabo or the clean and clean and affordable buildings ordinance in Chicago mm. where may pass an ordinance wow. that eliminates gas from new construction. And so if we get there, I will be a very happy person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have some cities in California that already did that. So it's it's definitely going in that direction, which I am happy about. But it's going to take a little bit of our time and our effort and I and you and I are part of that movement and I'm really grateful. Yeah,
0: Izumi, thank you. It's a pleasure.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, Wayne. And this was Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Homes podcast. Until the next episode.